y'all to do for me? Bang! What you looking for the same thing? It's a new thing. Check out this. I bring all the roll below the level because I'm living low next to the base. Come on! Turn up the radio. They're claiming I'm a criminal. But now I wonder how. Some people never know. The enemy could be the friend guardian. I'm now a hooligan. I rock the party and clear all the madness. I'm not a racist. Preach the teacher. Oh. Cause don't they never had this? Number one. Never wanna run about the gun. I wasn't licensed to have one. The minute they see me, fear me. I'm the epitome of public enemy. Used abuse without clues. I refuse to blow a fuse. They even had it on the news. Don't believe the hype. Hello, you are listening to the Grand Old Podcast, episode number 17. I am your host, Hamish Carton. No Celtic game to speak of this weekend, um, in a way. No Celtic game in another way, uh, perhaps a Celtic game, because Scotland were playing tonight with no fewer than six Celtic players in the starting lineup. As you may know, as you probably know, they won 1 0 against Slovenia. An 88th minute Chris Martin goal. The difference, we'll be chatting a little bit about that. We're then going to go into some of the, the actual Celtic news from this week, if there is any of that. We're then going to keep on the Celtic Scotland theme and pick a Celtic Scotland 11 um, from our lifetimes, as we, we spoke about last week. We've then got some other stuff to go through. It's a busy podcast, so we'll mm-hmm. get straight into it. I'll introduce um, John McGinley straight off. John, how are you? I'm good, Hamish, and uh, like you say, it was a strange, strange weekend because it's the international break, and I wasn't expecting to really care about Celtic this weekend. And then we had a de facto mm. Celtic game, which I kind of enjoyed a lot tonight. So I'm, I'm pretty yeah. happy. Yeah, we were watching it. I fairly enjoyed the match. I don't know if it was having that mm. Celtic link, or I don't know if it was just the fact it was Scotland and they won. Um, but yeah, we're going to come on to all that. Paul Fisher, you're also here. Paul Fisher, who I believe just uh, let off a torrent of abuse towards Fergus McCann in the group chat. <laughs> no, I, I, I was, um, I was, I think some that was set up there. Um, it's not my fault that I've got a beard, uh, but there you go. So you've got um, a beard and you smoke. Aye, that's um, it. But you, I mean, you can't slag off the bonnet. That's that's shocking. <laughs> I was, I was, I was, I was raging. I was raging. I was getting slagged for no reason whatsoever. Uh, there you go. Aye, all good. That's uh, that's that's that Glasgow is green podcast. They're troublemakers. <laughs> yeah, they are definitely hundred percent. Well, talking to people getting slagged, Chris Martin was getting a little bit slagged um, today as as he came on. He was the guy, of course, who scored the winner for Scotland. First of all, guys, um, staying clear of any sort of Celtic bias, of course. Of course. Um, John, what, what did you you make of the game as a whole and a big win for Scotland? I enjoyed kind of watching the game I mean I don't know if I've spoken about this before in the podcast but I'm not a massive follower of Scotland in general I mean I do keep an eye out for results I'll watch the game if I'm if I'm free and available um, but tonight was different I just enjoyed a kind of I didn't really feel the pressure of, of the of the game that maybe other Scotland fans did because I'm not expecting uh, Scotland to qualify at all um, so I was just kind of watching the game just in a kind of very relaxed casual manner and ended up just kind of enjoying the occasion and enjoying seeing some of the Celtic performances, um, specifically Stuart Armstrong and Kieran Tierney, of course. Mm. Um, really good. Yeah, it was certainly a really big win for Scotland. I was delighted to see Scotland. It seemed like Scotland were kind of playing better and with more heart, certainly in the first 15 mm. minutes than they had in previous matches. But I, I just think if, if that goal hadn't gone in, you would have been talking about another disappointing night. Oh, yeah. So I think it, it just... This was a game that just showed so much how goals are the currency of football. Obviously, that's so well known, and goals are all that matters, really. But I thought Scotland were good. Talking about the Celtic players, um, 
Paul, rank rank the six of them then in order of good <laughs> to bad. Oof. Um, we'll, still, we'll go. For, we'll start with the bottom. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think you probably have James Forrest at the bottom. I would have Gordon mm. at the bottom. I think. I thought kicking some of, was a wee bit yeah, suspect. Yeah, I thought Gordon's kicking was strange. He kind of reverted back to type of long kicking, which is probably how Strachan wants him to play. But there was none of this uh, kung fu style uh, distribution that we've seen at Celtic. So it, it was an interesting one because I was thinking he's playing with so many Celtic players. I mean, you look at the back four, even Charlie Mulgrew, you could call a Celtic player up until mm-hmm. what last season, and there was this kind of attitude that Brendan Rodgers had instilled into him. I mean, does, mm-hmm. does Craig Gordon take this? Um, ball playing goalkeeper move when he turns to Scotland as well or is that just for Celtic? I think it's just for Celtic and I think that'll depend on the manager in place isn't it? So mm. you know Strachan's a bit old school isn't he? So um, I think he's always going to I mean Scotland are quite physical aren't they? So um, mm. I think maybe that was the best option to I just thought that his, his passing was a little bit wayward but I, I, I mean Paul's right I think probably Forrest and Gordon are interchangeable here. Oh, um, I'll, I'll add another one to the mix. I thought Scott Brown was really poor. I thought his passing um, yeah, was well, poor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he was. He, I thought he looked sluggish at times. I thought he looked like he did last week for us at Dundee. Been totally honest. Um, th- th- I'd, I'd have him at the bottom. I know that won't be music to Paul's ear. <laughs> probably the opposite. But um, I, I, I thought Scott Brown was really poor. It, um, so it was probably. Great. We'll probably I'll, I'll let you come in, Paul. No, it, it wasn't great. As, as you guys know, we've had a bit of struggle trying to get the game on. Um, only seen it from the 37th minute so I uh, haven't seen the, the first half hour or so but I thought I had the Brown he didn't have his greatest game he he was kind of boxed in a wee bit and he was deeper than than he is with Celtic so maybe he wasn't getting a wee bit of freedom he deserved but Slovenia were very uh, physical in the, the way that they played so I think mm. he was kind of getting the the players up rather than actually playing well he was just going to keep rallying the troops getting them going but I, th- I would have Brown above Forrest and uh, and Gordon for me but um, I, he would have been next on the list he would have been number f- four It's funny because I thought for as good a game as Stuart Armstrong had and he did have a good game that kind of relationship with Brown at Celtic we didn't really see on the mm. pitch tonight and it was probably Brown because Armstrong had an unarguably good game so um, yeah, I think maybe Hamish has a point there. Um, Lee Griffiths as well misses an absolute setter. I mean, yeah. you, surely you've got a, you, you can't say he had a good game. No, but I think his movement in the first half was something um, different than what we've seen from Scotland in, in the past few games for me. I thought that Chris Martin, I know he scored the goal and, and fair play to him. I just don't think he would have gotten to the positions that Griffiths got in, 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 the, in that first half. And I, I would play Griffiths again against England. I know, I know he missed a couple of good chances, but I mean the chance that came off the bar. That's one of those ones that's you know Griffiths puts that away like nine and a half times out of ten. Mm. And the the, he, he, yeah, the effort he had that came off the post was actually I thought that was actually a decent effort. Like, that had yeah, no, was, no right was. to go in. So and um, I thought he was a little bit unlucky there. And then obviously we'll, we'll touch on the injury, which is which is really bad news for Celtic, really. Um, don't know how bad that injury is going to be, but um, he took a dig into his back, into his lower back from the knee mm. um, of the, of the keeper. So old black, yeah, old black. Who is a good keeper, by the way? Yeah, he is. Yeah. Um, so it yeah, a bit of a nasty one, didn't it? Yeah, I kind of. I don't know. I think he. Not sure if it was deliberate. I mean, Griffiths was certainly causing Slovenia problems, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was a little bit mm. of dark arts going on there. Um, but it's a bit of a blow for us. So hopefully, he's not out for too long. 
Yeah, we won't speculate on it too no. much because the news isn't there yet. I'm sure we'll find out very uh, soon over the next maybe, 24, 48 hours what the extent of that, that injury is without sounding like a manager there with what I just said. <laughs> um, we, we talk about the the other two, um, the mm. two kind of standouts. I see it very much as two very good performances and the other four were kind of alright maybe um, mm-hmm. Kieran Tierney for me played it right back I saw a, a tweet I think um, that Kieran Tierney's the, the two best full backs in the league now yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was brilliant unbelievable um, how, how we can just change over and, and jump over to the right and still have that level of performance yeah. for, for somebody so young just continues mm. to blow my mind his talent that he has um, yeah I mean, ba- back in my, my footballing days, I was never a great footballer, but I was a right back. I cannot imagine playing left back. Pe- mm-hmm. People get it in their head um, that this this positional change is just like a right winger going to left wing. It is totally different. Mm-hmm. Everything you're doing is the opposite when you switch from one side of full back to the other side. And I'll, I'll be honest, I was worried about Kieran Tierney. I think I said it mm-hmm. pre match on, on the burst ball account. I was saying um, that it did worry me a little the fact he's been thrust into such a big game at right back where I don't think he's, he's ever played certainly for Celtic before um, but if there's one guy you, you'd want to put over there and you'd have confidence in it would be Kieran Tierney and he was he was just fantastic you know what I loved about it was that he did look a little bit shaky I thought in the opening 20 he minutes did. or so Yeah, but the way he grew into the game and then by the, the, the end of the second half he was flying he was absolutely mm. he was just he, I said on Twitter that he'd went to war with Slovenia and he did <laughs> um, he, got, he got, got a bit of a rough tackle and after that point he just seemed to have the bit between his teeth and wanted to really make an impact on the game and um, I was just so by the end of the game I was just cheering on Kieran Tierney to be quite honest with you because the way that he took it upon himself to try and win the game for Scotland I thought was very impressive for Mm -hmm. such a young player playing um, out of position Um, he doesn't have many games for Scotland under his belt he didn't he didn't will under that pressure of having to win the game he just took Mm -hmm. it upon himself he said I'm going to try and impact this game and he was one of Scotland's best players in the second half of the in the yeah, in the, the latter half of the second half, I thought he was pretty pretty immense. Yeah, I got the impression you were you were quite liking Kieran yes. Tierney from your your series of tweets, John. Yes. Uh, that culminated in the poll question. Of course, should Kieran Tierney be an independent country? <laughs> um, maybe just add him to the the ballot paper. Just have yeah. should Scotland be an independent country? Yes, no, and just Kieran Tierney at the bottom as a third option as well. Um, the big surprise here is that five percent somehow think he shouldn't be an independent <laughs> country. Yeah. Um, the way the way he played uh, tonight, he certainly, uh, I think, as you put it as well, he was taking on the whole of Slovenia, uh, and he probably won tonight. To be mm-hmm. totally honest, um, one. We're not really surprised, are we, with this guy? But we should probably be surprised. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly surprised he put in a performance at right back because the criticism of Tierney, the one criticism of him, is that he's a little bit one-footed. Um, but they didn't let that impact. I just, I was so buzzing for him by the end of the game. I, I can't stress enough how much uh, I wanted to see him just absolutely rip that other full pack apart, which he did on a mm. couple of occasions. Yeah, definitely. Stuart Armstrong, go for it, Paul. <laughs> this is the Stuart Armstrong podcast. I think we just every week we come on and we just have another uh, superlative to to talk about him. He's he's, he's phenomenal. Um, first cap for for Scotland and, and doing what yeah. he, doing what he did. That pass for the goal, like just mm-hmm. the, the way he, he, his vision, <laughs> filth, his vision there um, was phenomenal. Uh, and he, I would say, with without him, I think fair enough to say without him in the eleven, we would have probably drawn that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I think he, he he was a difference. He he's he's such a such a good player, and he's one of these players that he, he can build a team around 
in, in Scotland need to need, need somebody like that and it's been a long time coming the call up to be honest for me he should have been in the team mm. last year and now that he's there I, I think you'll see him he'll be a long standing member of that that Scotland side yeah I mean John I know, I know you're well into your English football John and there, mm. there's a lot of players in that Scotland squad especially in the midfield it seems it mm. come from that kind of lower end of the premiership mm top end of the championship I think of the likes of Matt Ritchie at Newcastle and James Morrison and players like that and Stuart Armstrong just seems to be a better option than them at the moment and I suppose that just says a lot for the quality player we've got at the club and I'm, I won't deny that there's a lot of technically gifted players who play in England but I think the the way that players play at Celtic I think is very underrated when it comes to big performances and big matches for Scotland the, the, the winning mentality that gets instilled to players at Celtic is unlike any other club in Britain, there's like maybe five or six clubs in Britain that that gets instilled to and it's the top six teams in England and it's Celtic and to be fair to, to, to Rangers as bad as they are you know that mentality is about them sometimes with some of the lesser teams that have that kind of will to win and it's mm. it's to do with the size of the clubs, it's to do with the size of the supports Stuart Armstrong has that winning mentality, we saw it with Kim Tierney we see it with Stuart Armstrong and these players who play in England for these mid-table English Premier League sides, they don't have a pressure to win every week. And I honestly think that's an underrated trait, especially when we're talking about big international games in front of a crowd that's expectant and mm. a crowd that's looking for a little bit of inspiration and a crowd that's looking for the team to grind out results against very good teams. And we see it in the way that Celtic play in Europe against better teams than us, technically, um, where we just kind of have this... Uh, inherent desire to win the match and we somehow get results sometimes and I thought that was evident again tonight and I think that's a big part of Stuart Armstrong's game now and added to his technical ability, his passing ability, his eye for goal, his ability to find space, it's going to turn him into a very special player and I think he I said on Twitter, I think he's going to be a future Celtic captain, future Scotland captain I mean he is our future right now I think he's just Mm. such a wonderful player um, and we do talk about every talk about him every week, but it's for a reason. Um, he's a standout every week. Um, he's fantastic. It's a very very good point you make. Actually thinking about it, and something I hadn't actually pondered was the fact that you do have a lot of these players in the the Scottish team. And I don't know if that's a blunt way to put it, but um, drawing seems to be enough sometimes for mm-hmm. them. Losing narrowly mm-hmm. seems to be enough. Whereas when you have a core, I don't think it's any coincidence no. that when you put six Celtic players in that team, they find a way to win late on. Now, I know that it wasn't a Celtic player who scored the late goal, and I know all of that kind of stuff, but I don't think it's a coincidence at all. Um, I, I actually think I'd put a couple more Celtic players in there, honestly do. I, I think players like Callum McGregor shouldn't be far off that, that Scotland squad, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other players out there as well. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a massive trait, and I think, it's to be fair to him, it's probably something that Gordon Strachan has realised as well, is the fact that mm-hmm. these guys are playing full confidence at the moment they're playing well every one of them um, and six seems a lot from one club international team and that's probably why there was so many tweets about oh, it's Celtic that are playing Slovenia mm-hmm. tonight but I think every single one of them deserved a place in that team um, Paul I'll, I'll give you, you the final thought on that topic in terms of the influence that these six um, have had on, on that Scotland victory It's just funny that I've, I've got Twitter open up just now and you can see the, the top trends are tailored for, for you and I've got 10 here and in included in the top 10 is Tierney, Lee Griffiths, Scott Brown, Armstrong <laughs> and Armstrong's got over 9,000 tweets about him it just shows mm. you like, the, the level these players are the other players you're talking about the, the players they're talking about Celtic for a reason because there's 6 Celtic players in this team we're the best team in the country and that's made its way up to the international now Gordon Strachan's realised that we have very very good players Hamish said that there's a few more 
they, they could they could walk into that team, and even though some of them didn't perform up to standards, that they they could have they've got that winning mentality, found a way to win, and it's testament to to Brendan Rodgers. I think that yeah. these players are in this team and they're showing that even in an international break on a dogged pitch against a, a physical team, they they can they can do the business. Yep. Fantastic. Scotland won Slovenia nil. That was. We'll return to Scotland uh, in a wee minute, but a Celtic link, of course. Um, first of all, though, we do have some uh, Celtic news. This is apparently a Celtic podcast we do, John. <laughs> yes. um, so uh, read us out the, the news to do with a new Australian link with an Australian club called Narang Soccer Club. Yeah, so this is what people would categorise as a feeder club link up with this team where we've invited another club into the Celtic Soccer Academy, um, which is trying to forge links all over the world, I think. Um, the thing that struck me about this one was the quote from the guy, um, the soccer coordinator at Narang, uh, Michael Opie, who said, uh, we look forward to working closely with Celtic over the next couple of years and hopefully unearthing the next Tom Rogic. Um, mm. So maybe in 10 years, we'll look back on this moment and go, you know, that's where we find the next Tom Rogic. Um mm. So it's just another way that the club are always trying to kind of diversify what markets they're looking for players. Um, We've seen them kind of do link up with clubs in Mexico and and other places. But so this is another continent that we're trying to do this on. So Mm. um, I just thought it was worth calling out. It's been a bit of a slow news week Celtic wise, obviously, with the Celtic, with this, sorry, with the Scotland game. So um, this is about your lot, really. Um, mm. In terms of club news, yep, good news indeed. Who knows? Rangers may even find a new manager um, <laughs> out of that deal as well. Um, certainly, looking at the colours of the crest—blue, white, and red—not mm. sure who Celtic arranged that one. Of course, that's all um, irrelevant. To be honest, uh, the other one that I know we tweeted about earlier on in the week, uh, and I'll come to you for this one, Paul. It seems that Moussa Dembele um, has turned down uh, a deal, um, or certainly some discussions. Um, with with Chelsea, yeah, and I think we all kind of we realised that around the transfer window time that there was interest from down south and, and Chelsea were one of the the teams or the bigger teams that were mentioned for Dembele, and the fact that he's saying pretty much I, I I'm not going there because I'm not going to get a, a game is, is brilliant. I think it's great. He could have went there, he could have sat on the bench, and he could have made a fortune. But he is another one of these players with a winning mentality. He wants minutes on the pitch. He wants to score goals. Mm-hmm. And if he's if he's going to get a, a chance, maybe four four years down the line at Chelsea, then then what's the point in moving when he's getting yeah. winning trophies, Champions League football, and scoring goals for fun uh, for Celtic? So I think it's it's fair enough that that Chelsea are interested, and it's and it's good for us that we have interest from big teams down south for for our players, and the the capital we could make is, it could be could be massive, but I think it. It shows the way that we do things with players like Dembele and previously with like Wanyama and Van Dijk and stuff like that. We keep them until a, there is a point where it comes to that we're going to sell because the, the right offer is there for the right team the player's happy. But I don't think he was happy with Chelsea. So, um, mm. decent enough. It was a, it was a good good story. It was, it was nice nice to kind of see the link. But um, I think he'd be happy at Celtic for another year, year or so yet. Yeah. And we've we've said from we've said from the beginning of this this podcast really that we think we're going to get another year out of Dembele, don't we? So yes. I think this just kind of confirms that. I think Dembele doesn't want to move this summer and I don't think he will. And we're going to get the second season out of him and I think this is just more proof of that. Um I think Dembele and his um representatives believe he has the ability to go on and make mega money eventually anyway. So they're mm-hmm. thinking there's no point in trying to chase that kind of uh, deal right now. We're happy where we are. 
we're getting we're working well under Brendan Rodgers we probably want another crack at the Champions League and then let's see where we are in 2018 Yeah his agent and representatives certainly seem to be keeping his feet very firmly on the ground I've, I've must admit I've really liked and approached this whole thing even from the minute he signed he signed for a club when he could have gone let's be honest he could have gone to an English Premier League yeah. team and be sitting on the bench and we wouldn't probably know that the talent that he is I think they've played a blinder I think they see in all honesty they see Celtic as a stepping stone but they're not coming out and saying it at all everyone knows that Dembele will move on at some point but the fact that he's playing scoring goals value I still maintain that he's going to get a France call up while he's playing for Celtic and that he's going to go for multi-million pounds and he's going to become um I think one of the top strikers in Europe um, in the next mm-hmm. kind of five five years or so. I can off topic slightly. Um, he's probably if he does move on, he'll probably be the fourth um, big player to leave the club since we kind of started this new strategy of, of buying cheap talent and, and kind of nurturing it and moving mm-hmm. it on um, after Van Dijk, Wanyama and, and Fraser Forster. Maybe Gary Hooper's another one, but kind of the big value, ten million plus players. Um, is he? At the moment, um, as he has finished a product as those three, in your opinion, John? I do, yeah. I think you can't argue with his contribution this season. Um, And I know there's a little bit of inconsistency in his game, but that goes with the territory in terms of his age and position. I think on his day, he is the finished article, isn't he? He's everything that we would want a Celtic striker to be. Is he Um, consistent enough, though? um, I think... As as consistent as Wanyama and Van Dijk and Forster were? That's a difficult question. Well, that's I, I appreciate good, it's good harder question. for yeah. a striker. I, I know it's, it's yeah. much harder for a striker to be consistent because being consistent is scoring goals. But I, I just think there's been, and I'm not battering him at all, but I think there's been no. quite a few games this season when he hasn't turned up. I understand that, but what I would say is that I would put all the money in the world on him if he, if he stays this season as we think he will on him scoring another 30 goals plus. Um, and that's yes. a great return for the striker. So for me, that's consistent enough to be considered um, yeah. as a, as much of a finished product as those other players. I would say. Mm. Is that a fair point, Paul? How, how do you rank in the whole Holden Belly? How long he stays? His legacy at Celtic type argument. I think um, he'll be he'll be remembered when he goes. It's not going to be a case of if it's, it's a case of when when he goes. He'll be remembered fondly for for his goals, his his hat tricks, and the way that he, he does he does stuff. The way he strolls around the pitch. He, it does remind you of, of Van Dijk from the, the the opposite end of the pitch. I would argue slightly maybe Van Dijk um, and Foster are maybe more polished than he is at the moment. Wanyama yeah. is is pretty much the same. He was a loose cannon. He, he was he was absolutely <laughs> raw talent, but uh, brilliant. But you know he was like he was like a headless chicken at some points in the, when he was running about the pitch. But he, uh, the, the talent's there. It's undoubted. You can't hide uh, class like that. And yeah, I think Dembele's a player you can score goals and he can score goals in any league, uh, any game, he mm. any level he he's got it. I would what I would say is that Fraser Forster actually I think he was maybe even a better keeper at us than he is at, at Southampton, I would maybe argue. I think he was at his peak the peak of his powers at us that season where he kept all those clean sheets. Thought he was phenomenal. And I'm not mm. sure he's become a better player since then, um, I would have to argue. But I mean all, all three of them that have moved on so far have arguably maybe not improved as players but they've certainly mm. with the image of the English game have moved their careers onwards you can't say that any of them have stalled um, and, and it's you just know for a fact that Moussa Dembele when he leaves will continue to score goals wherever he plays I, th- mm. I think an important fact is those three players that I mentioned Van Dijk, Wanyama 
and Forster all did it at Champions League level and Dembele mm. has as well in his first season so I mean they've all got that in the same kind of same kind of baggage the fact that they, they can do it at the top level Europe's premier competition um, so I mean, we all know Dembele he's just he's a phenomenon um, and I think next season I think we will see him the whole season again mm. I honestly do I think we'll be tested by a bid but I don't think there's any real urge from us to sell him because his value is only going to go up I think I know you'll always get people saying oh, what if he gets injured I don't see that. I think that Dembele is only going to improve. Um, I also don't think he really wants to leave immediately. I don't think he will be allowed to leave immediately unless it's a crazy, crazy bid. And I think we'll see him next season and I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, I've also, I mean, it's been a real slow news week, hasn't it? Because the four words I've got in front of me here, I'll just read out to you, <laughs> Paul, and get your reaction. Um, F.A. Ambrose, Hibbs goal. Ah, you know, it's all about the celebration, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. What a guy. He's he's really I'm I'm actually delighted for him because he, mm-hmm. he's above championship level and I think he would walk into any other team in, in Scottish football um, as a, a centre half easily. Um, oh, I, I don't see that. A, I, I think he, he's, he's more than good enough. He's he's proven um, he, he can he can do the business. He, I agree oh, with that. Yeah, I think he's obviously he's prone to a howler and and there's no uh, getting away from that. But he's been a phenomenon at Hibs he's been, he's been great and they've been doing great and he's scoring he's been scoring a goal and uh, to see him celebrating and it's not in the, the green and white Celtic but the green and white Hibs it's a bit sad but um, there you go no, I'm, a, I'm happy for him too I'm happy he's found a place where people love him and, and kind of appreciate him I know he wasn't ever really much good for us I would argue um, but I agree for all the other teams in Scotland I think he walks right into their team um, he played a right back for Hibs at the weekend which was a bit strange I think um, apparently he made a few mazy runs as well so fair play to him he's entertaining the Easter Road crowd and uh, banging in a goal and doing that celebration we've all got to see it one more time in Scottish football um, <laughs> so that's a good thing I think yeah definitely on the subject of centre backs the Terrace podcast actually did a really good um, mm-hmm. countdown of I think it was three of them on um, did a countdown of the, the top 12 yeah, centre backs in the country um, it's, it's well worth a listen um, Effie Ambrose I think features in a couple of their lists um, and uh, certainly I think two or three Celtic centre backs in each list as well so it's well worth a listen um, so yeah Effie Ambrose well done to him Hibs beat Falkirk 2-1 yesterday did you see the winning goal? Yeah, James Keaton's was cracker, yeah. absolute cracker. Yeah. James Keaton scored the winner on that one, big win for Hibs. We'll move on then to our, our Celtic Scotland eleven. Uh, this is basically the greatest Scottish players you've seen for Celtic. Emphasis on you've seen. Yes. You need to have seen them play um, yes. for, for Celtic or Scotland or both. Either, yeah, I think, yeah, I would, yeah. I would say so. I think most of most of these players will have seen for play for Celtic um, and Scotland. I think. Um, most of them um, I just thought we would do it because obviously like we said last week it would just turn into a Lisbon Lions podcast again and we've done plenty of those recently um, and also the, also the caveat that we're all we're all quite young the three of us so um, this only speak stretches back yeah, yeah well yeah um, this, stre- this stretches back to the kind of mid 90s I think for us personally we do have some other lists that people sent in um, from slightly before that and but even the even the people who sent in lists who are older than us um, still feature a lot of modern players too. So that's just that our list isn't complete garbage, is what I'm saying. 
Um, so we'll, we'll get to it, won't we? Yes, uh, we'll start off a couple of ones in from uh, the listeners on Twitter. Cajun Firefly mm-hmm. has um, prefaced his uh, his lineup by saying, "Come at me." So we're probably going to come at him in a wee second, <laughs> especially when I read out his striker. And um, we've got David Marshall and Nets, a back four of Mark Wilson, Stephen Presley, Gary Caldwell and Kieran Tierney a midfield um, a central midfield three of Hartley Brown and uh, Barry Robson the two wingers on the right Sean Maloney on the left Ross Wallace remember him mm-hmm. and up front Kenny Miller mm. well this brings us to the heart of the issue here is this about their contribution for Scotland or is it about their contribution for Celtic is it a combination mm-hmm. of both are we applying any rules to ourselves here or is this just whatever we want and whoever we I'll, want? I'll put down one rule straight away okay. that it, and it'll affect Miller and Presley and Mark Brown if anyone's got them in there that uh, they can't ever have played for Rangers <laughs> or not having a team blighted uh, by that. About, but about the other rule, I don't know what you think. Maybe contribution to Scotland a good way I, to do it because we I talk th- about Celtic every other week. Yeah, I think that might be the best way to do it mm-hmm. um, for us personally. Um, I think... Because then it does throw up some interesting ones. We'll see as we get there. If we decide that we want to put someone in because they were amazing for Celtic, then let's give ourselves the freedom to do that. So we'll just break the rules if we fancy, yeah, basically. Yeah, basically cool. we're just... yeah. yeah. What do you make of that, that team then, uh, Paul? Um, Cajun Fireflies team. Um, <laughs> You've got the likes of Hartley and Brown and Robson I, in the middle. It's, it, it's not the team... It's not the first players I'd have thought of. There's a few in there I thought, uh, fair enough. Um, I'm not having Kenny Miller um, <laughs> Ross Wallace on the left a bit a strange one for me and I don't think I can have Gary Caldwell in a, in a team um, over, I don't I honestly just think hold, hold on a moment though Paul you just wrote a blog earlier today where you said Caldwell scored one of the greatest goals you've ever seen yes that, that doesn't that overall though like, for, for, yeah. if we're talking purely okay. on defence that goal against France you, you can't kind of deny him that that was amazing Um I think he scored a slide tackle I'm against France. <laughs> Come on, I was amazed. What a, what a, what a feeling when that went in, though. Um, yeah. the, the the one name that's the, the very first well, one of the very first names I put down is is Tierney. I think it's <laughs> great. We would talk about about him every week, but I think you have to have him in there. Um, he's the he's the first one that I seen. But overall, it's, it's just a half decent side on its day. It could it could do all right, um, but. I would argue with at least five or six of the, the, the shouts in that one. Right, we'll, we'll do it kind of chronologically, um, or chronologically, just in terms of position. We'll start with the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. The three main ones I've got written down here, uh, I've got Craig Gordon, who of course mm-hmm. played um, last night, it'll be, um, David Marshall, mm-hmm. and uh, Rab Douglas is the mm-hmm. other one. Is there, there anyone else? It's certainly looking at um, looking at a lot of the teams. David Marshall, as I said earlier, was the choice uh, of Cajun Firefly. Um, it's Tic Tactic gone with, with Mark Brown. Well, he had a, he had, he made a team. I th- I'm not sure why. I think his team was made solely of uh, Strachan players. Uh, Strachan um, Unlovables. Yeah, the Strachan Unlovables. I thought that was a, quite actually quite a funny team that was sent into us. Um, but yeah, Mark Brown, no, absolutely no chance. Um, yeah. I think I think they, a lot of people sent us in teams that featured um, Lisbon Lions and stuff, and people from the seventies, and they all still had Craig Gordon. So I think for our team, 
it's got to be Craig Gordon. I know David Marshall had that performance in Barcelona. Rab Douglas was obviously in the Seville season, a decent keeper for us, although not the, not the most popular with the Celtic support by the end of his time at Celtic. Um, I think Craig Gordon is a shoe in here for a goalkeeper. Yeah, I mean, Craig Gordon, you look at him, I think he's had 45 caps for Scotland. Um, which is a massive number when when you think about the competition he's been up against as well, the likes of um, David Marshall and um, Alan McGregor and and keepers like that that have been kicking about the scene as well. I think he's, off the top of my mind, I can certainly remember him playing in that France win at home, I think France away as well. Um, So many big victories. He has been, I think, of Scotland goalkeepers. He's the first one that comes to mind. Mm -hmm. So, So I'd certainly vote Craig Gordon as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very much in agreement with that Craig Gordon um, well above David Marshall for me and Rab Douglas is, is third uh, by, by some <laughs> less, less, said, less said about Rab Douglas maybe, maybe <laughs> yeah. nice enough guy um, yeah. not sure his, his shot stopping ability I think Craig Gordon's probably the best Scottish goalkeeper full stop since like Jim Layton and stuff for me mm. Um, mm. I think he's a the best Scottish goalkeeper of a generation I think he's better than McGregor I think he's better than Marshall um, and he's certainly, you know, he's even up there with Fraser Forster and things like that for us. Marco Boric, he's, he's that calibre of keeper for us. And I think that puts him at, on a level above most other keepers, um, Scottish so, or otherwise. The, the kind of longevity of his career is pretty baffling. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, I always think when you, you look back at games from um, like the Henrik Larson years and you see Henrik Larson scoring into Craig Gordon, mm-hmm. and, and he's, he's still only 34 years old. He, he's mm-hmm. still got. I don't know three or four years as a Celtic number one Scotland number one as well so I think you've got to have them over over 50 caps for Scotland as a whole including youth appearances um, over I think what, nearly 300 games in his career and he's had that injury and come back so yeah. I think we'll, we'll put Craig Gordon as a goalkeeper um, right back I was I was thinking it was a pretty safe bet for, for Jackie McNamara um, up until about two hours ago uh, however, um, we seem to have a, a new right back that, that has to enter the freight right back. <laughs> Kieran Tierney. I mean, yeah, I, I half put that in as a joke and half put it in as absolutely the best right back that Scotland's ever seen in their entire history. Um, I think he's got to be Jackie. Jackie Manamara is a shoe in here again. I think this is another easy choice. As good as Tierney was tonight or last night, um, Jackie Manamara is a, a Celtic legend, really, and um, a very fine player on his day. Um, I think he was underrated at Celtic. Um, I think he was a very important part of our teams um, over the years and it fully deserves his place in our Scotland eleven. Tom Boyd, is he an option? Yeah, I think, and again, as good as Tierney is, um, Tom Boyd needs to go into this defence somewhere. Um, and he could play all, he could play all across the defence, so I don't really care where he goes in. But Tom Boyd... Is I think he's like the fifth or sixth most capped Scotland player ever. Seventy-two caps. Seventy-two caps. Well, there you go. I mean, not many players reach that level of um, service for their country, and he similar service for Celtic. A very good player for us. Um, very committed player. Loved Celtic. Loved playing for us. Was a captain for us. Was a leader for us. Um, and I think Tom Boyd needs to go in this place somewhere. Um, Probably, I think his his preferred position I think was left back, but I'm happy to put him in at right back. I'm happy to put him in at centre back anywhere, just as long as Tom Boyd's in this team. Mm. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really follow Scotland either. Jackie McNamara or Tom Boyd. Um, uh, no. Tom Boyd were in were in the team, so I, I don't know if you two just want to have a debate and come to a conclusion between yourselves, and then I'll I'll join you or whatever. 
uh, the only mark against uh, Tom Boyd when Paul Paul's uh, old enough to remember this is the own goal the own goal yeah. the own goal in 1998 but that I've always felt so sorry for him for that mm. I, I felt like that wasn't his fault so I'm not sure we can hold that against him I, I, I think I, I, I'm in complete agreement with John I think you need to get both of them in here somehow um, I think you maybe go with, with Jackie Mack at right back and, and Tom Boyd in the middle um, and yeah, just, just I think we get around to that way. If, if we're truly wanting to have Tierney in here, mm. um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not against putting Boyd a left back instead of Kieran Tierney here. I would say that it, it's too it's too early for Tierney. I think. I yeah. mean, he's played he's played for about two games for Scotland competitively. Mm-hmm. And if we're doing this, as we said, the rule on the Scotland Scottish mm-hmm. um, kind of influence or, or the the things we're wearing the the Scottish shirt, then I think I think you're struggling a bit for Kieran Tierney. Honestly, do I do. I mean, what we do, we just do the back four as a whole then. Centre-backs, we've got the likes of McManus, Caldwell, Presley, Mulgrew, who played tonight as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Trying to think of other centre-backs that they would probably fit in the mould. Those are the obvious ones. Stephen yeah. Presley had quite a big influence on a Scotland shirt. Gary Caldwell too. Uh, less sure about Stephen McManus, to be honest. I always just think of that that one against Spain when he <laughs> let Laurenti in behind him. That's always my lasting memory. I, I think when your lasting memory of a player in a Scotland shirt is a negative one, that often doesn't speak um, good. I suppose he scored that header against Liechtenstein, mm. didn't he? Yeah. Um, what, yeah. What I would say is like that kind of run they had, that kind of couple of years run they had, where they played together at Celtic and played together for Scotland. I think maybe gets them in as a as a pair in here. At, Personally, for me, I'm not sure how you... I understand the arguments against against McManus, but then who else are you putting in there? Um, I don't know. I just don't fancy Presley or Mulgrew or anyone like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a real, real tough one. I think McManus and Calder, I do remember that partnership working quite well um, for a lot of that Euro campaign. But then again, you had you had someone like Davy Weir who was, who was pretty good for Scotland in that yeah. campaign. And so... It's a real difficult one. Gary Caldwell, probably for that France goal alone, is quite a big one. And the fact he was a mainstay of that Scotland team for, for quite a long while. But then again, Norway away when he played with his brother, and I think they both oh, get sent yeah, off. Jesus. Um, was pretty bad. I don't know if. Uh, um, maybe the best way to do it is to say players that we, we need in this back four. I think McNamara we need in. I think Tom Boyd we need in as well. So we just find a way to get these players we need in. I think. Tom Boyd maybe one of your centre backs and then pick another one from the other four something I mean, like that we could do and how about this um, Paul you weigh in on this right we've got we see it's Jackie McNamara at right back mm-hmm. we put Tom Boyd in the middle at centre back we put Gary Caldwell beside him and then we have Keane Tierney at left back um, I'm, 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 I'm comfortable with that yep absolutely um, I'll, I'm, I'll, I'm against Tierney I'll, I'll, I'll eat my words with, with, with Gary Caldwell and say he did do good service for Scotland. He, 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 I still thought he was kind of error prone, um, but he did well, and he, he had a fair number of caps. You know, he was over fifty. I think he was he was always there or thereabouts. So, you maybe there is a shout for him over McManus. I, I quite like the putting the two of them in as a pairing as well. I think that's all right. Charlie Mulgrew, I don't think we should include um, simply because he didn't always play centre back. He's kind of kind of yeah. all over the place. It's just yeah, the, the, there wasn't really a lot of Scottish centre backs for us over the years. That's or the, no. certainly in the years that we've been supporting Celtic. So that's why it's tough. I think the only argument, the other argument I can come up with for Keen Tierney is if in fifteen years we're still doing this podcast, God forbid, <laughs> uh, Keen Tierney will have 
80 cats for Scotland at least mm. I think. but that's in 15 years John we're doing it now I know I know but I think we're being we're ahead of it we're ahead of the curve we're ahead of the curve by putting in, putting our faith in Tierney that he's going to become a Scotland football legend mm. I suppose when we're talking about centre-backs, maybe if we're thinking of ones we're missing, um, the obvious one is, is John Kennedy, who who would, might possibly have mm. gone on to have such a great career. And, that would be like and an um, injured himself in while we're wearing a Scotland uh, shirt against Romania in a, in a meaningless friendly. So mm. um, maybe he's the one that was kind of at the back of people's minds. Um, I'll, I'll put Kieran Tierney in at left-back then. I No, I will, wait, hold on. I was, I'll maybe be a bit unfair. I mean, I think... I think a good compromise between the three of us. If it was me, Tierney goes in, but between the three of us, I think right back McNamara, centre backs McManus Caldwell, and left back Tom Boyd is probably the way to go here. Mm, I, I think that works. I, th- I think the McManus Caldwell thing works because when you think of one, you do. You think of the other when it, when it comes to Celtic and when it comes to Scotland. Uh, I also think of shite defenders. <laughs> well, that's, that's it. Wouldn't be a Scotland team without that. Let's be honest. Very true. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm not meaning to just go against everything you say, John, but I'm, I'm thinking now that Stephen McManus, really? Oh, I know, I know. But what are the other options? This is my only argument against uh, for him, is who, who can come in instead of... I wouldn't have Stephen Presley, I don't think, in there. Um, I certainly wouldn't have Charlie McGrew in there. Um, unless we're missing someone very obvious that someone's going to shout us on. No, I don't about think us on Twitter. Um, it's got to be them and unless we are putting our faith in Keen Tierney to be a Scottish football legend I don't think there's any right. doubt about that to be honest uh, oh god um, <laughs> right my, my opinion is that we do McNamara right back we do Tierney at left back just because he's absolutely amazing we do Gary Caldwell for that goal against France and Tom and Boyd his contribution and we do Tom Boyd as well Okay. Right, I'm, I'm happy, happy with, with that. Yeah, comfortable with that. It's good. Right. Okay. Talk to us about midfield then, Paul. Who we got there? Um, first name for me is probably Paul Lambert. Um, yeah. And the other one that jumped out at me as well, um, purely on Scotland and Celtic, was Chris Commons. I think was the was the other one. But there, there's loads. There's absolutely loads. Mm. Um, one probably in terms of Scotland, in terms of memories for me more, was John Collins. Um, mm. France scoring um, obviously the penalty so there's an argument for him but then there's loads of other folk there's, 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 there's obviously Scott Brown there's Hartley Robson Craig Burley there's there's, there's endless um, and then you've obviously got Stuart Armstrong a brilliant uh, debut and a 100% win record for Scotland so see maybe in, in with a shout perhaps the, the greatest debut um, could be the best Scottish debut I've ever seen as Gordon Strachan said after the game today um, so maybe that puts him in with a shout as well Celtic players that appeal to me from, from Scotland Scott Brown's had a lot of caps he's he's, a, he's one of the mainstays alongside Darren Fletcher in the last kind of 10 years longer than that maybe um, there's always a, an argument that Scott Brown doesn't do his best stuff in a Scotland shirt which I think is a kind of fair argument in the main but he, he is always in that Scotland team and he, he does Influence that Scotland team with the way he plays. So, I think you'd be remiss to, to not chat about Scott Brown in some way. Um, <laughs> you, Paul you Hartley's guys, always one yeah. as well. Paul Hartley, you guys know what's coming from me here. 
It's surely Paul McStay's got to be in this team. <laughs> we knew that was coming, but it's the same old argument we've had in the the, the podcast in the past. I know, we we are not. I I completely agree. I'm in, I'm in complete agreement with you. Um, if we we're going in terms of lifetime and what we remember, then then Paul McStay for you. If if, if he's there, he's there. But um, unfortunately for me, and I know if it's the same with Hamish that just can't remember. Mm. Seventy six Scotland caps. Yeah, well, right. Let's get him in. I think I, I, I would. I had written them down as well, even though um, my memory of them is, is very much limited. I had written them down as one of the one of the midfielders. I'm trying to think who else. Paul Lambert was one when you touched on. He had a, a big say in a Scotland shirt. For me, this is McStain Collins. Um, I'm happy to concede on one of them. Um, so, for for a more modern player, I mean, I would be happy with McStay and Scott Brown. Um, I would be happy with McStay and Paul Lambert. I would be happy with Scott Brown, McStay and Paul Lambert. Um, Midfield three? Yeah, mm. I don't know, it's difficult. Aye, it's, a, it's a real tough one, isn't it? Because there, there doesn't seem to be too many that massively stand out. You're also you're thinking of their Scottish contribution as opposed to the, mm-hmm. the Celtic contribution, which is a difficult one. Um Paul Hartley for me was was never I never loved him at Celtic and I, I'm not a real kind of fan of his management uh, style at the moment and the way his teams play and that kind of stuff. But he's kind of one that I always think of when I think of Scotland. I think of that that 2008 yeah. uh, quest for qualification. He was at the centre of almost everything. Um, he was a big Scotland player. Um, he's he's got me one that, that features in there as well, but but probably not at the level of certainly Collins. Um, oh sorry for Lambert and McStay. Um, Lambert and McStay would probably probably be my one. Uh, I mean, Craig Craig Burley is he an option as well? Well, Craig Burley is the last Scotland player to score in a major tournament, um, which is a decent show. He's also pretty good for us, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think he gets in ahead of these unless he plays. Unless we do some daft formation where it's like two in, two in the middle and then one and kind of further forward, I think uh, Craig Burley fits in in a kind of attacking midfield way. Mm-hmm. Um, if we want to go down that route because to be honest the options on the wing aren't great here I, I want Maloney in the team I'm putting that out straight yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I think I Maloney is, has been massive um, mm-hmm. for Scotland I always think Sean Maloney is a player who is underrated at Celtic and Scotland I, yeah. I, always, I still think Sean Maloney is an alright player That I think he, he's a very neat player that that goal against Ireland just was just amazing I think he scored he was a top scorer that year for Scotland he's been around another one who's been around like Craig Gordon for, for absolutely ages and Sean Maloney has to be in that team somewhere so maybe it's a similar case maybe our whole team is basically players who have to be in there and we just find mm-hmm. a way to shoehorn them all in I think <laughs> yeah. Maloney has to be in there I think McStay on the strength of your argument over the, the past eight years has to be there um, <laughs> I think you've got I don't know maybe one out of Lambert Collins Burn, Burley uh, I, will, I mean again we're, we're kind of overlooking Scott Brown mm. um, <laughs> But see, for but for me, Brown has never been amazing for Scotland, and I think any Scotland fan would tell you that. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I I say that this, the top of the, the midfield, I, I, Paul Lambert, I think is the is the shout. Yeah. Um, Did Stephen Pearson have any caps for Scotland? Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. I'm not sure actually. Probably two or three. Need to look that one up. Yeah, probably two or three. Um, there's a lot of terrible players that have caps for Scotland. Um, and I don't think I would put Stephen Pearson anywhere near this team, surely. Hmm. We'll, we'll go to the, the the listeners for a bit of help then, because we're okay. struggling a wee bit. They had, um, well certainly, um, Ginty1888 had Lambert 
and McStay uh, as his two yeah. behind a, a kind of a, a four. 2-3-1 formation mm-hmm. um, tic-tac as we said the midfield two of Hartley and yes Stephen Pearson of course he's going for the, the Strachan's unlovables um, Cajun Firefly had Barry Robson Brown and Hartley in there as well we had a few more um, sent in E. Timms sent in midfield four going back a little bit of, of Proven McStay Lambert and uh, Burns, um, so many more, more ones sent in. Colin Rogers with, with Brown and McStay, and there are a lot of mentions for for Scott Brown, Brian McGinley, Brown, Lambert, and Burley. Postal eighteen eighty eight had uh, a much older team. Um, forgive my absolute ignorance, but I, I don't actually know who who the centre midfield pairing was um, in that team. But he had he had the likes of um, Stanton, well McStay definitely in there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bertie Old as well the glass cutter going for, for Lambert, McStay and Collins so I think it is Lambert, McStay Collins, Brown, Burley one of, the, one of those five maybe I think I think the, because the strength of this team I think is in the centre midfield I think we need three centre midfielders two wingers and a striker mm-hmm. um, so I'm happy to go with three from these centre midfielders and I think for me um, it's Paul McStay it's Paul Lambert, and I, I, I want John Collins, but I would put Scott Brown, probably. I don't know if you can have Scott Brown in. When I'm the more I think about it, I'm doubting myself here. The, the, his contribution has he has he done many telling things in a Scotland shirt? No. Nah. Is it enough just to be there, Paul, and, and just to to play in games to get into this team, or do you need to have done something of note? I think Scott Brown does what he does without really showing off and. That's mm. how he's so good, and he doesn't get the recognition he deserves. He's probably I, I would I would argue for him. Um, he's obviously not great in terms of 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 Scotland performances, but he's been there for over ten years. Um, he's regular starter, and to come back at at, at thirty one to say right, I'm ready and I'm I'm ready to go, and his passion after the game today in Slovenia and the way he's like. Celebrating with the rest of the players is, is brilliant. You don't see that from many people at international level, I don't think. And him, I would say, with him, Scott Brown, Paul Lambert, and Paul McStay would be formidable in the, in the midfield. Well, John Collins um, scored 10 competitive goals for Scotland. Mm. He scored in nine qualifiers and he scored, of course, in the, the World Cup, the, the penalty against uh, Brazil. Um, mm. I think John Collins goes in over Scott Brown for me. I know you guys don't remember him too much, but he's a wonderful player, and I think he's done more for Scotland than Scott Brown has. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I would actually agree with you completely. Um, for the midfield, I'll write John Collins' name in, I'll write Paul McStay's name in, um, and then we're either Burley, Lambert, or Brown. Sorry. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think you go. I will. I would go Lambert, but there is an argument for Brown. But I think we'll go Lambert here. Yeah, Paul Lambert. No worries. So a midfield three of John Collins, Paul McStay, and Paul Lambert. The wingers. I've already said Maloney needs to be in. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. will we do? We put Maloney left side. It will be cheeky and put Ed McGeady left wing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we better not. We better not start that nest. We've already caused enough controversy this weekend. Um, I would. Put, <laughs> uh, Sean Maloney on the right mm-hmm. and my argument would be that we put Chris Commons on the left absolutely I know you're not a big fan of Commons Hamish is that right well, what's he done in a Scotland shot 
I know, I know. But who else is who else have we put in here? I mean, James Forrest done even less, I think. Oh, stick me in. I've not done anything on Scotland show. Oh, dear. Um, they were really scraping the barrel here, I think. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm lost for contributions here. Um, we've not really had any standout <sighs> people in that position. Scottish players who played for Celtic in the time that we are talking about. <laughs> It's a, bit, it's a bit of a struggle, isn't you could, it? I, you know. I was looking at a few more, trying to see a, a few youngsters, maybe Derek Riordan. I don't know how many caps he had for Scotland, someone like that. But yeah, I think uh, the, the phrase scraping the barrel was invented for times like this uh, when you're struggling to fill a Scotland team full of ex Celtic players. Um, Maloney. James Forrest, I'm not having in that team. He, he's, he hasn't done enough in a Scotland shirt. I can't, I can't think of much that he's done in a Scotland shirt to be honest to get him in that team um, I, I don't know maybe you do put Chris Collins in begrudgingly in my case I would say he was begrudgingly too um, he scored two goals for Scotland um, yeah he didn't really do much did he didn't really do much at all um, never really seemed very committed to the Scotland cause obviously he's English so that doesn't help so um, does he even I mean, obviously he has cats for Scotland but He's not really... I wouldn't consider him a Scotland player, to be perfectly honest with you. Do we do the real thing here? And do we stick Kieran Tierney at left wing <laughs> and then put... Um, and do we put Danny Fox at left back? <laughs> no, or, we're not putting Danny Fox anywhere. Do we put, um, technically speaking, Andrew Robertson somewhere in this team? Uh, technically speaking, uh, I don't... Hmm, that's, that's, nah, that's a stretch. <laughs> you, you could put Craig at, at, at left mid. You could, you could... You could. Did you want to do that then? Yeah, yeah. We'll go Craig Burley. So a midfield um, five of Maloney on the right, Collins, McStay, Lambert in the middle, and Burley on the left. Um, up front, uh, I think we'll maybe struggle a little bit here. Kenny Miller's been exempt, of course, from from this team uh, due to the fact that he played. Um, for I'm not, I'm not sure about this bigotry. I think maybe Kenny Miller's a good shout here, and I'm being saying that Kenny on all Miller seriousness. Come on. Uh, I know where you're coming for John, but I, I'm not having it. Can he? <laughs> He's brilliant. Probably Scotland's best striker for the last ten years, but no. Do you really? Do you really want to send up a tweet with this team of <laughs> Kenny Miller um, front front loading this team? I think. Can you imagine the abuse you will receive? We, we can get away with yeah. any technicality by including Charlie Nicholas. I think. Yeah, well, I'm I'm just old enough to have caught the tail end of Charlie Nicholas's career, <laughs> um, so that is a big technicality. But he does what he does technically qualify, I think, um, considering that I have seen him. So I don't know how you feel about that. It's a bit, a little bit of a stretch. Yeah, Charlie Nicholas to me is a guy who's in Gillette Soccer Saturday. I don't really know him as a footballer. Oh, you see, well, I, by him. all accounts, I mean, even if you watch old videos of him, he's a wonderful footballer. He didn't have loads of caps for Scotland. Twenty caps, five goals. Um, but he did a hell of a lot at Celtic, especially in his, in his first spell at the club. Um, where he scored uh, 48 goals in 74, 74 games or something like that. Um, a very good striking record then went down, obviously went down to, to Arsenal, um, came back up to Scotland via Aberdeen and, and, and then played for us from 1990 to 1995. And I, as I say, I caught the tail end of that. Um, but I didn't see him at all when he won any of his Scotland caps. And I think he won most of his Scotland caps when he didn't play for Celtic too, so maybe that discounts him on those grounds too. Mm. I don't think we're in a position with this, uh, the kind of 
the lack of, of talent up top to, to kind of put too many rules in, in place of Charlie Nicholas. I mean, Lee Griffiths, again, he, he's pretty new to the team. He's not really done a hell of a lot. For, he's not scored for Scotland, has he? Um, I, I don't think you can put him in. You can't put in a striker who hasn't scored for his country. Uh, you can't put in Kenny Miller. I think it's Kenny Miller here, lads. I honestly do. <laughs> I think we're, we're going against our mantra of um, logical and fair thinking on this podcast if we don't include Kenny Miller. But also, I know we hate him, and I'm not denying that we hate him, and I do hate him. Um, but I think with nearly 20 goals for Scotland, he hmm. goes into this. He's the, the one striker I think you think of over the last 10 years is Kenny Miller. He, he scored tons of goals for, for Scotland. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe you've got a point. Um maybe that that's a fair point. I'm looking at um a few of the other teams. I think Laney D certainly had Charlie Nicholas mm-hmm. um up top. Jedi Boy had um Brian McClear up yeah. top perhaps. Never um, seen him. So there's loads of different ones. I've seen Bobby Lennox and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So um I don't know what you guys think. What about what about this? What about we we move Sean Maloney up top and we bring in another midfielder? Oof. Bit of a stretch, but bit of a stretch. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Kenny Miller. The more you talk, <laughs> I just, uh, I'm just. Um, well, I'll, put, I'll go on the record and say I'm absolutely hundred percent against Kenny Miller being in. If you guys want to go for it, then you can overrule me. But <laughs> no, Paul, you've got to live and die with our decisions. This is a joint venture. If Kenny Miller's in the team, he's your choice to. Oh Jesus! Uh, um, honestly, I, I, I just it would pain me to, to put him in. But it's so hard. There's no, there is nobody else. Lee Griffiths has got to be Lee Griffiths, mm. and, and we'd need to break our own bender on rules a bit here in terms of impact at Celtic. Mm. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put Kenny Miller in my team. <laughs> I'll, I'll put Kenny Miller in my team just because there is nothing else. Believe me, if, see if there had been a striker in there that had scored half a goal for Scotland, I'd be putting him ahead of Kenny Miller. But I'll, I'll, I'll put well, Kenny Miller. Would you put Gary Caldwell up front? <laughs> and bring Stephen Presley into centre back. Um, no, I, I agree. I think it has to be Kenny Miller. Just in terms of impact for Scotland and contribution to Scottish football in general, um, I think he takes this striking spot unbelievably. <laughs> that, that is a hell of a twist, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul, are you are you giving this the the okay? No, absolutely not. No. Hundred percent. It's a democracy, Paul. We're going with sixty-six and two-thirds percent. Yep, go with it. But um, I'm I'm firmly on the on the the side of no Kenny Miller. But there you go. <laughs> like Kilmarnock abstaining from the old vote. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, unbelievable. It's just uh, better that Kenny he never Miller. got Scott Brown in. I think that's what this yeah. is. Yeah. So well, I read out the the grand old podcast um, Celtic Scotland eleven then, and next we had Craig. Gordon, uh, back four of Jackie McNamara, Gary Caldwell, Tom Boyd and Kieran Tierney. A midfield five of Sean Maloney, John Collins, Paul McStay, Paul Lambert and Craig Burley. And up front, unbelievably, is Kenny Miller. Who's our manager? Oh, Gordon Strachan. Tommy Burns for me. Uh, But Strachan probably. But Strachan's been a terrible Scotland manager, (laughs) so... And don't forget, I mean, Tommy Burns had spells uh, in the coaching setup at Scotland too, so we could go for him. Mm. 
Indeed, um, indeed. Yeah, a few more. Um, we had Stephen Cavani. I wonder if he's any relation to Edison. He was uh, asking, he says, Gordon McNamara, um, Tom Boyd, Charlie Mulgrew, Kieran Tierney, Scott Brown, Paul McStay, Paul Lambert, Chris Commons, um, John Collins, and Lee Griffiths. Um, good team in there from, from Stephen. We've got Kevin McGee. He's got Craig Gordon, Jackie McNamara. Um, Kennedy, will that be John Kennedy? Must be, yeah. Yeah. Um, Boyd, Tierney, Collins, Lambert, McStay, Forrest, Commons and Griffiths. Not much to choose from since the 90s. I think that's a very fair point and something that we have certainly found out over the past half an hour or so. Paul <laughs> McMullen, obviously saying uh, Gordon McNamara, Aitken, Boyd, Tierney, Lambert, Burns, McStay, McClear, Nicholas and McGeady. Brilliant, brilliant. Aidan McGeady, fantastic. Um, Richie saying Gordon, McGrain, McNeil, Connolly, Hay, Murdoch, McStay, Lambert, Johnston, Dalgleish and Lennox. Uh, that's some team. Of, yeah, that's the best team. It's a pretty good team, isn't it? I mean, that's yeah. cheating, though. That's using the Lisbon Lions. I mean, they're just the best team ever. So. Well, if you're, if you're old yeah. enough, you're old enough, I think. Yeah, fair enough. Very fair point. Um, so, yeah... Um, Aye, so that was a debate. The other thing I wanted to touch on was was the fact, I think we sent a poll out earlier on the Twitter, mm-hmm. it was um, the question was, um, it was part of our discussion, of course, do you support the Scottish national team? Very simple question. Yeah. And the the majority, 62%, said yes. Mm-hmm. 38% said they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I think you can account, or you, you added to this point by saying mm-hmm. actively going to games, go out your way to watch games, live and die by results, etc. Et there was a few quite nice replies. Cajun Firefly, yeah. sorry, certainly saying this is the first qualified campaign my dad and I have missed in a long time. Stop going because of the ticket prices I think it was £30 for the cheapest ticket pretty, tonight 40 if you wanted to see the game damning, Hamden. Yeah. pretty um, damning so yeah. stuff that yeah I, I certainly didn't bother this time and I, I'm glad I didn't I went to all the games last time I would consider myself a Scotland fan I, I like Scotland I'm, I'm not one of these Celtic fans that that has a massive affection towards Ireland and doesn't really bother about Scotland mm-hmm. I am a massive Scotland fan I would say um, I'm nowhere near as big a Scotland fan as I am a Celtic fan I know that's um, the kind of crux of your your article as well Paul mm. and, um, and how you feel about things yeah that, that's it um, I've always been supporter of Scotland I always watch the matches and as I said in my kind of Sunday article it's the only teams the two teams that I will go out my way to watch in terms of actively seeking out and making sure um, I can do everything I can to watch the 90 minutes of Celtic in Scotland and I don't think that will ever change I don't get this kind of carry on with having a wee team or a third team or an English team or anything like that that's just not for me um, I, I like watching football because of the teams I support and Scotland are one of the teams and it was good uh, seeing the goal going in uh, in the game today but it maybe lost like a slight bit of its appeal um, the ticket prices is a great point I remember going to games and Maybe fair enough. I was younger, but you can get tickets for a tenner um, and stuff mm. like that, and and going to see like I'm trying to remember the games like when Hamden was getting done up, going to see Croatia, Ibrox, and and memories like stuff like that. I always remember because my dad's a big Scotland fan. He, he used to take us to Scotland games, and and it was always it was always a good day out. It was always a good atmosphere, and and everybody was always one rather than. Especially when it was a home game, there was no this animosity with away fans and stuff like that. It was always a decent atmosphere, but I think that is maybe indicative of international football. 
But I'm, I'm a massive Scotland fan, I always will be. Um, pretty much every sport I'll, I'll watch and I'll, I'll support the Scottish person. Don't get MD who, who doesn't. And maybe folk voting this poll are, are from different countries or whatever. Or they, they, they've got family um, in Ireland and maybe they, they, they'll support Ireland over, over Scotland. I know, I know a few folk that do that, but it's not for me, unfortunately. In Scotland. Yes, that, that was certainly the, the crux of your, your article on the, the Sunday shooting. People can get that online as usual. Um, another thing that we kind of wanted to touch on on, on the podcast this week um, was um, certainly some of the, the vague criticism um, that's come our way um, over over the um, the last few days or so. It was to do with, with our opinions and we're, we're very much um, of the opinion we always have been um, from day one that um, we we focus um, on Celtic and Celtic only. Um, now, I know that there's a lot of people in the Celtic community online is absolutely massive, everyone knows that. And so, um, different people, each to their own, have, have their own opinions on, on the things they like to focus on. Um, but I think we, on this podcast, wanted to use this as a platform to to get across our feelings, how, how we look at, at Celtic and um, why we're doing this podcast, uh, basically. So, and I know you've we've each kind of got a wee kind of thing to say on, on why we do this podcast and our yeah. kind of thoughts on this, John, so I'll hand over to you. One of these articles was born from a few tweets I made, and we'll just say we're, we're, I mean, we're not attacking these people. Um, one of the articles we think was vaguely directed at us was on the Celtic blog by James Forrest, and the other was um, Just Boy George Just 67 on Twitter, and they're perfectly entitled to write those articles, don't have a problem with them at all. But I think I was, we were slightly misconstrued uh, in the sense that we, I think... Uh, George just felt that we were trying to tell supporters uh, what to think and we've never been about that from the very start of our project. Yeah. We've always been the, the our audience, whoever they are, wherever they are, whether it be on Twitter, on the podcast, on our website. I mean, their voices equal to ours and we would always welcome open debate with them if they want to challenge things we say on Twitter. What I would say is that in, in the, the case of the Celtic blog in particular, um, we laid some kind of criticism at that blog because they kind of launched an attack on a journalist midweek um, that we know to be a decent guy and we didn't really appreciate the way that he accused that journalist of basically making up a story uh, and worst point now is, is Gregor Kyle we won't, Gregor we won't Kyle, kind of yeah. hide anything at all we'll just come no. out and, and say exactly no. who, who we're talking about yeah and we kind of we actually didn't say much about it we just retweeted a couple of tweets um, from people who know him more directly and this blog kind of insinuated that some Celtic bloggers, etc., do what they do to get jobs in the mainstream media and stuff. <laughs> and I just felt that it's quite absurd to say that about us. We've never hidden um, our connections with the wider media. Paul has a job in the media already. Um, I'm actively trying to get away from writing for a living, and you live in Germany, Hamish, <laughs> so it's not like we're trying to get a job at the Sun or the Daily Record, far from it. I just felt like that wasn't a very fair accusation on ourselves, and and there's a point where there's an argument for vigilance and people who have long memories of me um, speaking about Celtic will know that I used to tweet about Rangers all the time in 2012 when they um, went bust and died. I used to tweet about that on a daily basis. I used to write blogs about it, explaining what was going on and stuff. I'm not against talking about Rangers as a Celtic fan. I just think at some point, it's not vigilance at some point, I think. I tried to say that on Twitter the other day and it didn't really come across very well, I think. I think a few people thought I was trying to tell people how to feel about the way they support Celtic, etc. And so on that on that point, I kind of apologise a wee bit, but come and speak to us about it. We're, we're there on Twitter. Um, mm. Come and debate us openly. People don't need to write blogs about us and not name us or 
kind of be afraid of naming us and stuff. Just call us out if you don't agree with what this is, we say. That's why we're here. That's why we do the podcast. Um, and I just wanted to address it because I felt like there was a lot of uh, vague talk about us on Twitter today. Yeah, certainly my my own opinion, um, and I, I totally understand that, that social social media is a place where everybody can can get across the, their own feelings, and, and that's why it is there to a certain extent. Is yet you you have your own social media where you have the right, obviously, in this country to have free speech, and I, I totally understand that. And if, if people want to blog about um, the Rangers chairman um, or Rangers accounts or whatever, then then absolutely feel free. It's just a hundred percent not. How I would, um, how I would do things. I, I'm, I'm a Celtic fan. I'm not saying these people aren't Celtic fans at all. I, th- I think they're, they're all massive Celtic fans. But I'm a Celtic fan, and I, I report on Celtic only. I deal with, with things against our rival teams um, on the pitch, the likes of Aberdeen and, and Rangers and Hearts and other teams like that. But I, I honestly have just no interest in. Um, and sometimes I, I, I kind of struggle to compre- comprehend how how some people have such an interest in this but then again as I, as I said at the start I'll, I'll leave that um, to each each to their own type opinion but I, I just I do this podcast out and no no need to get into the mainstream media or anything like that I do it because I support Celtic and mm-hmm. I like to talk about Celtic if I wasn't talking about Celtic in this podcast I don't know what I'd be doing I'd probably be chatting to my pals and to have an audience to do it uh, is pretty good and I, I just want that, that to continue and um, I don't care about any other team at all me, I only care about Celtic. Mm, yeah, no, I think that the, the one thing that, that got to me was the the not naming uh, or not not calling us out. That it's if you want to like have a have an opinion and and have a position, then then do it and, and be proud of it. That's what we do. And the, the one thing that jumped out at me was back when we first kind of started the site. I did a piece about the um, the stats guys and saying right, th- th- this is what I think about statistics and expected goals and all this kind of stuff and I linked back to their blogs and, and named them and, and, and then we gave them the platform to, to come back and reply and say how I was wrong mm-hmm. and that's the way to do things like skirting around the issue is, 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 is not, it's not for me that's that's what people want to do that's absolutely fine um, I'm in complete agreement each to their own in terms of what you want to talk about in, in blogs and on Twitter and stuff like that. If folk want mm. to talk about Rangers, by all means, um, it's just, it's not for me. Uh, it's 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 mm. got to the stage where I really, really don't care. And well, what I would say is, like, and fair enough, you, I mean, I don't have an issue with the blogs being written. I just don't like it being insinuated that we're doing what we're doing for any other reason than just talking about Celtic for the sake of it. Because let's face it, that's mm. what we do. We know between the three of ourselves, we're not we're not really organised enough to do anything other than uh, get together every week for mm-hmm. the podcast. We barely managed to get articles up enough mm-hmm. on, on, on our website. If we were trying to get jobs in the media, we would be doing it in a way different way, let me tell you. So there's a lot easier ways to get a job in the media than to be an online Celtic fan. Um, no matter how you speak about Celtic. Um, we speak about Celtic in the way we do because this is the way we've always spoken about Celtic between the three of us uh, when we work together. And we wanted a way to continue that relationship between the three of us and maybe perhaps find an audience along the way. If people like what we do, then people like what we do. Um, I just don't want anything out there that's kind of making vague accusations about us. I, I just I don't, I don't appreciate it. And we've never, ever tried to tell other people how to support Celtic mm. Football Club. That's been one of our rules. It's on our About Us page. It's been one of our rules from the very beginning. We've always just wanted to be normal people talking mm. about Celtic. 
Um, it's not about trying to uh, whitewash anything to do with Rangers or anything like that. Um, we just want to be a place where we can speak about Celtic openly and honestly. Yeah, um, here, here. And what I would say is that um, we welcome debate and uh, we welcome debate all mm-hmm. the time. And if you've got anything, um, any beef with anything any of us have said during the podcast or has been said um, on the social media, would, mm-hmm. I think all, for speaking all, for all three of us, we would welcome just come come out and say yeah. it and then yes. um, mm-hmm. we'll go from there. Because, I mean, we have a good few arguments between ourselves in the group chat. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's what we'll, we'll say on that. And I just want to say as well, um, we're not we're, we're not naming people on the podcast tonight to pure have a go at them or anything. Like, and we're not trying to start internet drama or internet beef with these people. Like, Fair enough. They, they they can write what they write and do what they want. Um, just wanted to make that clear as well. We, we don't really, we're not harboring ill will towards anyone. No, but we're just we're just been we're forthright and and we're mm-hmm. we're not scutting the issue in any way because um, that, that's the best way to deal mm-hmm. with things. Um, anyway, yes. Yeah, so you can get Paul's uh, Sunday shoot that is is online at the moment. We'll hopefully, have some other stuff and um, possibly over the next week or so. Um, Celtic related stuff as well. Um, finally, we have. Um, well, I'll read out my usual stuff that says that's written in front of me every single week. Yeah, you can send in any emails to your thoughts on today's show. Maybe the issue we just touched on as well. You can send that into podcast at a grand old team. Dot com. You can also leave some comments or like our Facebook page, it's Fritz a Grand Old. You can also get on Twitter at Fritz a Grand Old as well if you haven't already um, followed us there. And finally, if you've enjoyed the show, we'd always urge you, um, if you have the time, to leave a wee rating review on iTunes. Uh, as always, it helps to get the word out there. Thank you, everyone, um, for listening and, and keeping uh, sharing the show. Hopefully, uh, guys, by the next time or next time we're doing a podcast, we'll be champions again. We'll be champions, yeah. And I hope next time we're talking about all this controversy, but probably the most controversial thing we've done by far since starting the site is putting <laughs> Kenny Miller up top in our Scotland team. We might not recover for that. We might not be back next week. This may yeah, be the final exactly. grand old podcast. For that reason, I'll thank Paul Fisher for the final time. <laughs> Bye, Paul. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Hamish. And John McGinley as well. Thank you, Hamish. Thanks very much, guys. Thank you for listening. As always, stay in touch and we'll speak to you hopefully this time next week when we're having a bit of a party. Hail, hail. Here's what I want you all to do for me. Bang. Caught you looking for the same thing. It's a new thing. Check out this. I bring all the rope below the level because I'm living low next to the base. Come on. Turn up the radio. They're claiming I'm a criminal. But now I wonder how, some people never know. The enemy could be the Frank Guardian. I'm now a hooligan. I rock the party and clear all the madness. I'm not a racist priest to teach the Cause don't they never had this? Number one, never wanna run about the gun. I wasn't licensed to have one. The minute they see me, fear me. I'm the epitome, a public enemy. Used abuse without clues. I refuse to blow a fuse. They even had it on the news. Don't believe the hype. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype.